Ladies and gentle bros, welcome to the No Soliciting Experience. I am your host and asker of questions, Rick Martinez. Let's be real. We all know I'm your favorite memester on the interwebs. What a joke. <laughs> Look, listen. Let's talk sales. Let's talk funnies. Let's talk about some successful people. Let's talk with successful people in this industry. Top performers, team leads, and people who are leaving a lasting influence and legacy in this industry. So, take out a pen and paper, jot down some notes, or if you're in the car driving, make sure you go back and take some notes. Alrighty then. Let's see who we get to chat with today, shall we? Awesome. Guys, well, guys and gals, welcome to the No Soliciting Experience. Um, I have the pleasure to introduce you guys, um, Ismael Martinez. Ismael, thank you for being on. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what what your, your background is. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for having me, though. I'm excited to, to be here and to, to discuss a couple of things about the door-to-door industry and business with you. So my name is Ismael Martinez, Ishmael, you know, in... in in America, Ishmael. Um, I'm from uh, Mexico, the northern border, a state called Chihuahua. Born and raised there. Uh, spent my whole life. I'm the, the son of two teachers. So, you know, I was uh, raised with with the mentality and with the goal to go to college and to get a good education and to just get myself a job and, and life will be good, right? So, um, you know, I did some uh, service for my church and I... Uh, I lived in uh, New York City for two years, and that was just a great experience for me to see uh, wealthy people and money and business in a city that just thrives on money. And I think that's when, you know, just things started for me, right? And then when I came back, um, I went back home to Mexico, and then I moved back to the U.S. again to go to college. And then one of my good friends invited me to come and do uh, summer sales, starting uh, to sell pest control. So that's how it all started for me, though. But uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, pest control is what got me into door-to-door. And then right now, after nine years, I left the uh, door-to-door industry, the pest control industry, and then I went on on my own to, to start my own venture. There you go. <clears throat> and, that's, and that's super awesome because a lot of people in the industry, um, and this, this is something that is, is talked heavily on, is door-to-door may not be your career. For some people, it is. But for the most part, it's a vehicle to get you to where you you need to be, right? It's just a tool that you can use to later on set you up um, in life, and that's and that's what you did, right? So you did nine years of pest control. Um, who did you sell for though those nine years? So I was with a pest control company based in Utah, Edge Pest Control. Okay. So with them all around the country, I was in Texas, Colorado, uh, Washington, Kansas, Utah. Mm-hmm. So I did a little bit of everything and uh, yeah, always on the sales side. Um, yeah, it was a great experience. Learned a lot of valuable skills, met a lot of great friends um, and just learned a lot and discovered a lot about myself. I think that was the the, ba- the biggest takeaway and, and the biggest just value that I got from door to door and from working with a pest control company. Okay. So you go nine years of selling, right? In In that time, right? You became you you went into management and then you became a partner with this company right and then after, after the nine years you, you say okay well it's time for me to i feel like i've done everything i could and now it's time for me to start something up on my own right so what what is right. it you're doing now so what i did um you know backtracking a little bit i uh yeah. when i was doing pest control i had my little niche <clears throat> right? i really like the high-end homes mm-hmm. uh, for some reason i like and i didn't just like knocking the doors but i love meeting the people uh, in those high-end neighborhoods. So I love meeting the millionaires of Austin, Texas, and of Seattle, oh, yeah. Washington, and Kansas mm-hmm. City. And it was just exciting for me to see what they accomplished in their life. So one day I started to realize that these neighborhoods that I was knocking, um, pretty much every single home had a service vehicle outside their house. Mm-hmm. Whether it was their pool guy, 
or their AC guy or the pest control dude or the window cleaner or, uh, you know, just there was always somebody working at their house. So then I started asking them uh, when I was selling pest control, I will ask them, hey, what other services do you pay for? And they will just give me a list of like the 10 different services that they, they pay on a monthly basis, right? Mm-hmm. And well, most of them had different services, right? Not all of them had the same services. They mm-hmm. all had home cleaning in common. They all had home cleaners, like a maid service or a mm-hmm. housekeeping service. And I was like, that's interesting because every time I see the home, like out of all of the services that uh, are provided to these rich people, it seems like the home cleaners, the housekeepers, the maids are the ones that seem the less put together. Yeah. The up is like all beat up band. And then like three or four ladies, like little senoras will come out and just clean and yeah. carrying these buckets without any uniforms or branding. And none of them carry an iPad. Yeah. And I was thinking like, there's so much opportunity to provide this service that is so needed and so desired by the rich people and just make uh-huh. it safe. Right. So yeah, let alone, I started engineering this little uh, evil plan in my head the last year of pest control. And I was like, you know what? I think it's time to move on and, and I'm just going to, give it a shot with home cleaning. So I had no experience in home cleaning. So I just went and learned how to do the, the whole home cleaning, the uh, hiring process, training people, made a ton of mistakes. But yeah, right now we're up and running in Phoenix, Arizona with a home cleaning business. There you go. Awesome. So you, you obviously, and this, this, this is kind of where um, I feel like a lot of us lack, is you were, I mean, obviously aware enough to see an opportunity, right? I feel like most of us, which in a sense, I mean, it's good. We have to stay focused on one thing, right? And that's selling, 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 doing everything we could. But at the same time, it's seeing opportunity, right? And that's and that's what you did. Um, you saw that opportunity and you planned it out. And now you're, you know, running your own thing. You know, life isn't always perfect. It's it's not easy. We, you know, we all make mistakes. But now, you know, you're you're running your own company, which is what I mean for the for the majority most door-to-door reps kind of aspire to do that is running their own company having something that's theirs right so you obviously learned a lot there's a lot that you can learn in the nine years what 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 for you was the biggest takeaway or what what did you take from door-to-door that now is helping you a ton with with your business i just think that the biggest lesson for me not only for my business, but just life in general, mm-hmm. right? Ever since like even dating my wife, right? Like mm-hmm. it was just what I learned in door to door that the worst thing that can happen is that they tell you no. Yeah. But that was it. It just has always given me so much confidence to know that if I can go and give it a shot, I may get a yes. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started my pest control company, I started meeting with a bunch of people and, and I was very scared and I was like, just not, not necessarily like scared, but I just had this fear of like, well, what if it doesn't work? So yeah. I started, reaching out to people to get myself some help. And some of them, I knew they were like big ballers and they probably wouldn't want to be in business with me, but I started asking them and Hey, come join me, come help me with this. And while many of them said, no, a few of them said yes. And, mm-hmm. and that was probably one of the biggest things I learned from door to door that as long as I'm, I'm knocking doors, right. I'm asking people to help me mm-hmm. or I'm asking people for their business. Uh, it's a numbers game. Eventually things will work out in my favor. And the more I do it, the better I become and my ratios get better. So that's just probably my whole history with door to door learning that if I can knock 10 doors, like I will get three or four deals. Yeah. Right. So it's a matter of getting 10 doors knocked. I'm not going to get four deals if I only knock three doors. Right. Yeah. So I just learned to play the numbers game. I learned to be likable, mm-hmm. to not be stubborn. Uh, and then I definitely learned just, you know, that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. You know, to have a successful summer or a successful career in door to door, you cannot be banking in just one day. You have to keep doing that day over and over and over again. So I think those were the biggest lessons for me that gave me the confidence to go and just become a student once again. So I got to be a student to, to become a good sales guy and a good sales manager. And, and it was rough. I, I, I always felt like I was a little behind than anybody else. I always felt a little like the underdog in my industry and in my company. So it took me a little extra work to get good at it. And I just tried to replicate that now that I have my cleaning business. Okay. And you mentioned something, right? It, it's continuously being a student. I think, um, I can't remember who told me this, but basically the, the, the quote goes, if you're not learning, if you're not growing, you're dying. Correct. Right. And I feel like that's super big. I mean, lately, 
the last couple of years, there's been a big shift in the industry to just be more knowledgeable, become a student, just learn, 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 learn as much as you can. Um, and yeah, that's definitely. So with that, are, are you more of like a book reader, audiobook, podcaster, or YouTube kind of guy? You know, I, I was for the longest time, I was very old school, a lot of books. I have my little library here of all the books yeah. that I that I read. But then lately, I feel like I'm, I'm getting a little better at managing my time. Mm-hmm. Um, where I live, uh, compared to where my office is at, I have a 40-minute commute every single morning. Yeah. So then I try to, uh, you know, do more audiobooks, uh, a lot of podcasts. So I try to switch it up. Um, one thing that I'm a little interesting or a little weird is that sometimes I don't finish the books. Like I start reading a book or, an, or listening to an audiobook, and if I feel like I got like a big nugget of gold out of it, I just mm-hmm. stop reading. Okay, I'm like, yeah. that's what I needed to hear. I don't want to bore myself to death. Let me just go into something else that can give me a, a big piece of value. Mm-hmm. So I just, I feel like I rotate a lot now mm-hmm. that a lot of content is available online. True. Yeah, just that's, that's kind of the same way I am. I have the same. I have like a pile of books. One time I just ordered, I think I went on Amazon and I ordered like 25 books. Have I finished <laughs> any of them? No, just just one, just one book, just because it was like forty pages. And I'm like, I can do this, like no, like no problem. <laughs> but it was like it was like the rest of them. It's like, all right, you're up. just 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 get the nugget, rotate out, get the nugget, rotate out. That's that's super awesome. What what's what's been your your favorite book to read? Favorite book though, that's a hard question, but um, I think I always I will always have to say, reach out for that. Okay. You know, coming from um, a, from a family of teachers, people that work for the government, people that just were, for the most part, employees their whole life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up just thinking like that. You know, I'm going to go to college, get a job, and then I'll just be happy. But I come from a middle-income family. We had everything we needed, but uh, never, like, too much. Uh, so this book, my mom gave it to me when I was, like, 12 years old, I think. And I didn't really read it until uh, uh, back in 2011. Okay. So that's a very dear book to me because it, it, it changed the way I think it changed the way I see my future and it was given by my mom who is not a business person right so it, it was definitely a very um, just life-changing book and no there's a ton of books that I love but I think that one would always be uh, very special to me okay and you mentioned it before but you come from chihuahua right and that's 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 a very big difference it's very black and white between south of the border and north of the border right um so let's 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 talk a little bit about that let's let's talk about how your upbringing just kind of i mean you so you said before you had everything you needed your parents provided right you go on your mission to new york city and you see just like the opportunity you see what can happen with, you know, with money, right? Obviously, it's, it's not always driven by money, but money brings opportunity. And you saw that opportunity, right? How, how did your upbringing shape who you are and kind of to where you're at and where you're going? So I think that one of the coolest things about my life is we've always had everything we needed. Mm-hmm. I never went without. We always had food. We had a nice home wasn't the biggest house, but it was just a nice home where we live. Uh, my parents, they worked for the government, so we had great health insurance. Uh, we, my parents had benefits. We, for the most part, not the nicest, but we always had a, a recent model vehicle. So we always mm-hmm. had vehicles in the house. So life was really good for me. In fact, when I look back, I'm like, that was just such a dangerous situation I was in because really I didn't have a need to evolve. I didn't have a need to become better because I had everything. I could have just kind of roll with the punches and life would have been good, right? That little like rat race. Mm-hmm. So um, probably the biggest takeaway, my dad is uh, not money driven. My dad, uh, he has different, he does everything for his family, but he does not have any regard for money. So mm-hmm. we didn't have a ton of money, but my dad would take us to eat to these nice restaurants. And then my dad would buy us like just things that were very unnecessary. And my mom, there was always a constant fight between. They were like, dude, we don't need to buy that, right? If, if we was be thrifty with money or better with it, we'll have a nicer home. And my dad was like, nah, I don't care for a nicer home. I'm much rather take the family to a nicer restaurant or a cool vacation, right? Mm-hmm. So I think my dad taught me to not love money. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I love money, I don't have any regard for it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just don't have any feeling for it. I, I like to have it because it buys me some experiences and some things that make me happy. But really money itself, I, I don't have much regard for it. Uh, and I think that's been a great thing for me because I'm not scared of money. Whether I have it or not, I'm not scared of it. 
So it's allowed me to make a couple moves, uh, you know, going to do sell door to door, uh, starting a business, you know, risky moves that, you know, general people will say, yeah, that's a risky move. I really, I was never too afraid of it because I, I don't care for the money. Mm-hmm. There you go. So that's, that's awesome. That is super awesome. So now you're where you're at. Where, where do you see your business going? So right now, um, I don't like to brag too much or, or talk about. So right now, we, um, we are the fastest growing home cleaning business in the state of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been in business a little bit short of um, six months. Um, usually, the average company, uh, home cleaning company, that is being around for like 80 to 90, uh, sorry, for eight to nine years, has anywhere between 70 and 80 customers. Mm-hmm. And now we have 262 customers, uh, and we did that in, in less than six months, right? So we're trending. We have a projected revenue of about half a million dollars just in the last, uh, built in the last six months. So to be honest, future is bright. I think there's an industry with a lot of potential. There's a lot of people that uh, want an opportunity to, to be good at their trade. So that's why we're creating a culture where people can feel that Zebra Home Cleaning is their home. Yeah. Um, our cleaners love working with us. Um, our customers love us. Um, we have a great online reputation. Um, I try to be very involved with my team mm-hmm. and then also with our customers. Uh, and we're starting to now network with other companies to get a subcontract and work together to provide all of the same uh, services um, to our customers. So we're working alongside with a pest control company, with a pool cleaning company, with an AC repair. We just started out our uh, window cleaning division, our carpet cleaning division, and then we're starting to dive into commercial cleaning as well. So uh, we're looking for the business to continue to grow, but uh, this from year one to year two, we're going to grow about 600%. Uh, and then we have a, a projection of about 200% and then 100%. So we'll continue to grow. Um, we want to have employed uh, 120 people in the next 10 years. So I think there, there's a lot of work to be done. And I think there's, uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. Okay. So part of that is you, you saw an opportunity. One, one of the things I want to touch on is the, the online presence, right? You Correct. saw what all these companies did and you did something different, right? I'm taking that's the online stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, how has that benefited you guys? Well, it's interesting, right? I came out of a door-to-door industry, and the first thing I said, you know what, I'm going to get me some customers, and I'm going to go knock some doors. I've been knocking doors for nine years for somebody else. I'm going to knock doors for myself. So I, I went and started knocking doors, and it was great. The people loved us, but then I realized that I was acquiring, you know, anywhere between five to ten leads per day, two to four customers per day. So it was, like, pretty slow pace. And uh, I've always been a, a, a heavy Instagram user. Mm-hmm. I started to see a lot of people posting about services and products on their feed. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's weird. This person is talking about a car detailing that she got, that she's excited. And then a couple of stories later, she's like, hey, a lot of you are asking me what, what company was. So here's their phone number. Right? So I was like, well, if I can do the same thing, get like an Instagram blogger or a person that uses Facebook very heavily mm-hmm. um, to talk about us and all of their followers will see it and they will be interested in the service. So we, um, you know, we gave it a shot. Uh, I started connecting with some Instagram influencers here in the area. And I mean, literally I built my business through, uh, through Instagram in the last six months. Okay. That's awesome. Cause we're, we're, we're more of like, you go and you get your customers right, right then and there. You're just looking at different opportunities to get the same, the same results just a little bit faster. Right. Correct. Okay. And now you're talking about bringing in multiple services, like um, you said carpet cleaning and a, f- a few other things, right? Correct. Window cleaning, carpet cleaning, um, power washing, pest control, pool cleaning, AC repairs, uh, uh-huh. and plumbing electric. Okay. So basically just an, an all-in-one, whatever your customer needs, that's, you know, if they say, hey, I need this done, do you know anybody? You say, yes, I have somebody that can do that. So now we're talking into... A little bit more of a difficult thing, which is managing different, different, um, different services. Sorry, my, my, my mind just went blank. So now you're offering different services. Now this, this, this isn't something easy, but the other day we talked on the phone where you compared your business to that of McDonald's, right? Correct. We talked about convenience and what else was it? 
So convenience and consistency as the priority and then leaving the quality as the third factor in, um, in the equation. Okay. So what happens is, um, you know, a lot of people, especially in people like my industry in cleaning and all of these very old school um, industries where really the younger generation are not excited to go into cleaning, plumbing, electric, pest control, pool cleaning. That's not something that a kid is going to BYU or UCLA or Harvard to, to study to then go and clean homes. So what's happening is leaving the industry behind, right? So what I did, I've always had an admiration for McDonald's and I love the fact that we all know and consciously understand that the quality of their food is not the best. However, on a weekly basis, the average American makes two trips to McDonald's per week. Mm -hmm. right? And the reason why we like to go there is because it is convenient and it is consistent. Mm -hmm. We know that there's a McDonald's on every corner and we know that uh, within five minutes, we can go to the drive-thru, get our food and then get on our way, right? Yeah. We always know exactly what we're getting. The flavor doesn't vary from one state to the other. It's the exact same thing which makes it so appealing, right? It's a very convenient business. And, uh, you know, at the fast pace that society runs right now, that's something people want. Mm -hmm. So then high quality of the food really stops being such an important factor, uh, which then gives you a lot of opportunity because there's a low expectation from the customer. So yeah. I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying to create a business that is convenient. People can shop with me really easy, right? In the, in the home cleaning industry, people usually pay their cleaners with cash or with a check, Yeah. right? Uh, so it's hard to go and pay your home cleaning for the week, $300 cash. Nobody carries $300 cash. Yeah. You go to the ATM, bring the cash. It just creates a headache. Yeah. So what I'm doing, I'm telling customers, you want to pay me, pay me however you want. Credit card, debit card, check, void a check, Venmo, sell, PayPal. You want to give me cash? You want to pay me once a month, every week? I just make it super easy for them to shop. Yeah. I, uh, the, in the U.S., the cleaning industry is run mostly by Hispanic people or people mm -hmm. from out of the country. So a lot of the customers have a really hard time communicating with their cleaners. Yeah. So one of the things I've been very diligent and very just, uh, you know, just very proactive is that I'm hiring cleaners that can speak English. Yeah. So that way the customer needs to give an instruction to my cleaners on site. Mm -hmm. They can communicate. You know, once again, I'm trying to make it convenient. Yeah. Um, we create this very strict schedule, right? If you hire my service to come and clean on Monday mornings for the rest of the year, every Monday morning, we're going to be there at your house. Same time, same day to make it consistent, to make it convenient so that you don't have to reinvent the way you're hiring a cleaning service. So we make it easier for the customer. Okay. So to give you an example, right, on, on how that applies to the industry, um, you know, like the conveniency and the consistency, uh, my mentor, his name is Hector Gonzalez Gigante. Right? This guy, is, he's from my hometown. So we've been, best, he's my best friend. We've been friends for a long time. So he's the one that taught me how to sell. And uh, I've always been amazed by the way this guy sells because all of his deals are probably less than five minutes. He knocks on the door and then in five minutes, the guy's walking away of there with a contract, right? So I was always like, dude, what do you do? And he's like, man, you just need to make it simple for people to make a decision. You got to just make it easier for them, right? You're showing up an ounce. It's just, you got to make it simple. So, you know, this guy, he knocks on the door and he's like, hey, we're going to kill your bugs and it's going to be a hundred bucks. And then people are like, well, yeah, but what about the product? Is the product safe? And he's like, don't worry about it. Everything is going to be fine. We're going to kill your bucks and it's going to be $100. And then he's like, well, but, but what about the guarantees? Like, yeah, no, we'll take care of you. We're going to kill your bucks and it's going to be 100 bucks, Right? So he's just like makes it super simple. He never dives into the details of the product. He doesn't just like dwell too much on an objection. He just like makes it very simple. So people are like, all right, well, let's do it. If you're going to kill the bucks and it's only 100 bucks, I want to do it. Right? Uh, me, when I was a sales guy, I was, I'm a cheat chatter, right? So I, I, I had to almost reinvent the way I sell on every single door. Connecting them, asking them questions, explaining the product, explaining the service, their guarantees, their, all of these things that made it so complicated for them, so much information rushing to them instead of making, the, making it easy for them to set up their pest control service, right? So I learned that. So naturally, that's not the way I, I, I conduct my business. So it, it's been a lesson for me and I had to apply it and to put thought into it. But that's working really well for my business right now. Everything I do, I'm trying to make the process as easy as possible. As, you know, mainstream, just convenient, as just, that's the best question, uh, the best word I can use for it. Easy. I just want to make it easy for customers to shop with me. Like, one, one of the things I noticed on, on your, um, 
on your Instagram is you got what's his name to do some of your marketing, right? Um, Najee. Yeah. Najee. Yeah. So we, he's not doing marketing for me. I'm gonna help him do marketing for him. Oh really? So he's good in the digital side, but he's not. What he needs help is how to teach people to implement what he knows how to do online. Yeah. The face to face, he struggles a lot. Anything that is computer, he's really good with it. Yeah. So he got a bunch of uh, clients and he's like, yeah, dude, I just set up this amazing funnel for them. And then they don't know how to capitalize on it. So we're trying to see, if we do a joint venture where we create a marketing company yeah. that's behind the scenes. And then I'm going to step in and help at the front end and the business, how to actually capitalize on that. Okay. So what? He's got like a restaurant here and he's bringing a ton of clients, but then the servers, the manager, the staff, they're not monetizing that opportunity. Yeah. Right. So they're not connecting with customers. So they're not creating repeat customers. Okay. So that's where I'm going to try to come in and help and say, okay, well, Najee's bringing you all these customers. Now we need to capitalize. We need to make sure they, they come back. Right. Yeah. So we, uh, we're exploring that idea. He's super busy right now. Um, he, he works for the town of Gilbert. Okay. So super, super busy. And uh, I'm like, so we both have been going back and forth, but we're on the phone every single day. Okay. So for, for your marketing, because you, you went to school for business, you, you've just picked up marketing along the way. Um, what, what, what courses have you done for your marketing? Courses? Yeah. Or just, I mean, what, what, what um, yeah, I guess you could say courses or how, how, how did you learn how to start marketing? So I, when I was in school, uh, when you did the business program, yeah. it was like a focus on it. So I went into the marketing focus. Okay. And, um, I had two marketing teachers that were really good. They had previous experience with big companies and I don't think I learned a whole lot in school, but I learned a lot from them. So okay. I would take them out to lunch like every couple of weeks and I would just pick their brains. Say, hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? Um, I did an internship for a large company in Salt Lake City and that mm -hmm. taught me a lot how to do it. And then a lot of things is just like reading, studying, like little like free seminars. Uh, lately, I've been starting to pay for like mm -hmm. education. Like I went to 10X and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, but before I would just grab whatever was free, I would just kind of listen to it and see what yeah. I can do from it. So that's how I, I went about it. And I think a lot of it is just things that I'm passionate about, like the experience of a person. Yeah. You know, making whatever service or product an experience for the person. That's something that I'm fascinating. So I just like, I like to study the psychology behind it and how to market it and the colors that need to be used and the music behind it and all of that, that all of that stuff. Okay. Have, have, have you looked into what's his face? Uh, Russell Brunson at all? So Russell Brunson has uh, the click funnels, right? So yeah. that's what he does. So yeah, I was going to okay. look into it, but then I met him. So I'm like, all right, well, let him continue to be good at what he's at. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do the things that, you know, I think I'm good at. Yeah. Eventually I need to transition out of doing the marketing for my business so that I can just look do, at the whole. Thing. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm doing a lot of it, but uh, I hope that 12 months from now, I have a person that that's all they do, marketing. Okay. So I like to have a, a, a good understanding of it, but I'm, I'm not too worried about knowing it all. Yeah. I know Russell Brunson is a very specific, very high level funnels and mm -hmm. online manufacturing. So now I cannot look into it yet. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, there, 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 there's so many, there's so many different people who do like marketing, like Russell, you got, what's his name? Billy Jean. Um, and a few other people. So, I mean, I, I'm just curious just because, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by the marketing aspect of things, but it's just so confusing, man. Like it's, I feel like I learned something and then I implement it and then it doesn't go anywhere. So I'm back to square one. It's just like this consistent thing of like, I just feel like I can't nail it down quite yet. So that's why I just like have somebody do it for me. It depends what industry you're in. Yeah. I think that the product or the service you sell it's very, very different. Like for instance, what uh, uh, Russell Brunson does uh, for like a solar company, that'll be amazing. That's really valuable knowledge. For my business, I learned uh, trial and error in the last six months. I've been trying it. I'm, I've been tracking numbers. My best way of marketing is use uh, what I call a micro-influencer. Yeah. So you get somebody that has anywhere between three and 600 followers. Mm-hmm but all of those followers are very relevant to them. Right? Like yeah. you and I, we have a bunch of like dead followers, right? Like you have like probably 3000 followers, 6,000 followers, but then you get your engagement of a thousand. So you know that 5,000 of your followers are not really follow or whatever that deficit mm -hmm. is. 
But then people that have like 300 uh, followers, you're going to notice that they get 120 likes. You know, what the heck? The ratio is really high. Yeah. Because the few followers they have is like aunt and uncle and cousin and neighbor and church person. So there are people that are very relevant and they're actually genuinely interested in what they're posting. Yeah. So those are my best uh, marketers for me. One thing that I'm doing in my business is that I'm trying to create, I'm trying to replicate the MLM. Okay. Uh, doTERRA and OmniLife and Herbalife, they were so good because they get their people to buy into them as a cult. Okay. They call it evangelists, like creatures for, of your product. Um, well, yeah. If I can get people marketing, lower my cost of marketing. I don't have that much to pamper the heck out of them. I personally go and say hi to them. I make personal promises. I give them a little discount. Um, I bring them a little, pre- like I bring them bath bombs. Mm-hmm. So we clean the house and then we leave a bath bomb in their master uh, bath. And they love the little details like that. Okay. And I leave them a little card that says, hey, post about all Instagram. So then the next day they go and post about it. Oh my gosh, I had Zebra yesterday. They came, they even left this cute little bomb, uh, bath bomb in my uh, bathroom. You guys need to check it out. Yeah. And the next day I get freaking just stormed by requesting my service. Okay. People that are listening to micronize your product, it's very vague. Yeah. People are like, yeah, whatever. They do that all the time. So I've been Instagram funnels. I haven't just done a whole lot yet. I, I need a little bit of Najee's helping me with. Um, I think uh, for my business right now, uh, at the rate we're growing, uh, that Instagram has just been right what we needed. Um, from the influencers that I, the majority that I have right now um, are between 10 and 30,000 followers. That's like my sweet spot. But I remember when I started working with influencers, I was looking for like whoever had the most, right? So I yeah. got a couple that had 100,000 followers to talk about us. And then I had one of my customers, actually, it's a big guy that uh, has like 600,000 followers. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, bro, can you post about us? And he's like, yeah, sure. No, no problem, dude. So he posted about us and dude, I did not get a single lead, not one from really? 600,000 people. Yeah, Jeez. because the guy sells cannabis, right? So all uh... of his, his followers are like guys that use cannabis, right? They're probably not like yeah. the, the stay-at-home mom or like the busy working mom and dad that they just need help around the house. Yeah. So I started to in my market and my audience better. So then I was able to go and look exactly um, who I wanted to. Yeah. That makes I sense. have this, this influencer that uh, has twins. So she talks a lot about how difficult it is to have two kids at the same time. So guess what? Like a ton of her followers have twins and they know how hard it is to have twins and to clean around the house and to take care of the home. <laughs> So she talks about us like, yeah, with having two kids, like I cannot do it without my home cleaners. Yeah. Boom, I get bombarded by people. Hey, I have twins too. I need some help around the house. So it's exactly who I need to buy my product. There you go. That's smart. That's smart marketing. So it, it depends who your, um, what your product or your service is. I think sometimes like the big, like big nets on the web are not as efficient as like a very one-on-one way of like gathering business. Yeah. Um, Again, it depends on what service or product you're selling. Um, but I think, you know, that's what's working for us. I'm sure all the companies that are operating nationwide, they just want as many as possible on every corner of the country. But I need it very specific in a city, in, in a town, in just in a neighborhood. And that allows me to do that. Yeah. Dude, in, in my mind, the, I mean, what, what I'm thinking of is, I mean, for example, right, like, like a pest control company or, yeah, a, let's just say a pest control company. Like if, if you're starting up a pest control company, just, you know, send out an email or leave, leave a note with the technician to leave at the house saying, hey, follow us on Instagram. Um, and once you do, send us a screenshot of your, of, your, of your agreement and we'll discount your next service by 30 bucks, right? Or whatever it may be. That's that's that that's that's just a way for you to see who's actually willing to participate, and if if you wanted to, you can go in and see okay how many people how many people f- are following this person, and then I feel right. like that's and I feel like that's probably a, a super good way to to target and to market for free, is just you know sure. just reach out to those people specifically and just say hey for your next service, um just just do something a, a little bit extra for them. 
And then again, leave the notes saying whatever you may want to on your Instagram or your social media. And I feel like one, that's how you grow your social media. And two, that's how you're able to get referrals from it down the line. Yeah. And I think there's just so many ways. Like one of the so many ways. Yeah. And you just, and that's where you need to get creative. And then you also need to understand your audience and you need to understand your customer base. If you're going to have a referral program, you need to know who is shopping with you. Yeah. Right. So I have, for instance, uh, this lady, the other day, she told me, Hey, like, I love that I get my house clean. I just wish uh, I can have somebody come and clean my car all the way here without mm-hmm. having to be like a car detail that you pay like 200 bucks. Yeah. Like I wish it was like a service. So there's a service here in Arizona that provides that. So I hit him up and I was like, hey guys, can I get a bunch of vouchers from you guys at, at a discounted rate? And then any of my contract, any of my customers that are on a contract, I'm going to drop them a voucher once a month. Right? So I paid $20 for those vouchers. So it's cost me $20 to keep my, my customers happy, right? Yeah. So what's funny is I left these vouchers with the customers and now they're telling their neighbors, holy cow, you got to use Zebra. Because Zebra, if you do that, they also get you a free car wash, right? Okay. So now it's just like not only retaining the one customer, it's just creating that evangelist. Somebody's talking about me without me having to do it. Exactly. Right? It, it's, and then it's just... I have an Yeah. Go for yeah, it. Go for it. Continue. Saying. Oh, I have an ongoing deal with my customers that if they post about me on Instagram, I give them $5 off their service. There you go. I don't build them the same day. So I build the same day, the next day. So I'm the one managing my own social media. So I see who's talking about me. Mm-hmm. And what I thought is like, okay, well, if I'm going to spend $5 in printing cards and flyers and website and Instagram ads, might as well give it to my customer, which is already a hookup to them. Mm-hmm. Not like selling to to a market that already believe in that person. They don't need to believe in me. They need to believe in my, in my customer. Mm-hmm. Right? Instead of trying to convince somebody else from something new, they're like hearing it from a credible source, which is my friend, my neighbor. So like, yeah. sure, I'll give it a shot. So it's really nice because every day I have uh, four or five people talking about me on Instagram every single day. And it costs me $20 marketing per day, which is absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know? And I get people talking about me and then boom, I get a customer, two customers here people ask me about my service new followers so there's always a lot of traffic and i think that's the one thing that has made us like outstand from any other cleaning company here in arizona that i'm extremely active people are talking about us on facebook groups people are talking about us on instagram um you know everywhere people are talking about us yeah there you go and I, that's that's just where it comes down to is just the experience of it like that's that's kind of what it what it's all about Right. Like I, there, there, there's this company who, um, who I've, I've put a few deals through and their, their customer, um, service or their, their customer experience is super dope after for them, after you close the deal, the next day they have somebody from the office. Cause I mean, it, it, it's all in like one, one little area. They have somebody from the office, go drop off like some light bulbs and, and some, some cookies, right? Light bulbs for the efficiency of the home cookies just because they're cookies and people like cookies and a big thank you card right so that's that's the first thing along the way they get like some updates like some cool like um information about going solar and then throughout that process like ev- throughout like the the back-end process of signing a deal to getting installed there's little check checklists or checks that they do right cookies the the cool selects like the cool presentation and then uh right before like permits are approved um, the office reaches out to the homeowner and they're like, Hey, here's the update. By the way, we're buying you guys dinner. What do you guys feel like eating? And they grub hub it, Uber eats it, whatever it is they, they need to do or give them like, um, like a, like a gift card to wherever they want to eat. That's where mm-hmm. they go. And then for the install, they have like an in-house person with a drone. They come out, take videos of the drone. They give all the raw footage to the customer and they make a cool edit and ask them for um, to post about it on their social media. If they do and tag and tag the company, then they get like, like, like a gift card for something. I'm not sure. Correct. But it's, it's just that experience. Like, wow, this company took care of me the whole process. This company did this for me. This company did that for me. Like, Oh, they're going above and beyond. Correct. Which is ultimately how you, market for free well not really for free but you're not having to add on to your marketing costs costs. there's always there's always a cost of marketing right when you're trying to do 
happening. For instance, one of the things, that, the first thing that I implemented was I wanted, I hired these girls that did, home, uh, did the cleaning at a hotel. Mm-hmm. So the way they're trained to, to do cleaning in a hotel is not only clean, but they have to stage the place, right? You walk in a hotel and it just looks really cool. Yeah. Cool, accommodated really nice. And they fold the, the towels. So that was something cheaper. I didn't have to spend any money. I just spent some time training them on how to make, how to stage your home. We'll come and we clean it. But then when people walk in the door, they're going to be like, holy cow, this is a brand new place. Yeah. I love it. Right. So they feel the person with joy and now they want to talk about it. Now the mom that always has a messy home, she wants to post stories saying, Holy cow, yesterday my house was a mess. Today look, it's beautiful out here. Yeah. Right. So there is there's a cost. Still I had to spend the time to train people. There were a lot of error that we made. Um keeping up with the quality and the consistency was hard. We made a lot of mistakes. We got a lot of complaints. I lost some uh, uh employees because I'm I was giving them an additional workload. Mm-hmm. but then I was not more right so I made a ton of mistakes but then we fine-tune it to where now we have a, a really good service people walk in and they love their house and then now I'm giving them some additional resources so where they can continue to talk about me right. and then I'm giving them a, a financial and monetary uh, benefit of talking about me right they get a discount they get a free service they get a discounted rate on their next service uh, right now with this whole COVID-19 mm-hmm. and hey if you call me in uh and you want to get your house clean, we'll come and clean your, we will come and disinfect your grandparents' home. Okay. And so right now, the, the population that is the most vulnerable to the, uh, to the coronavirus is 65 and up. Yeah. So those are the ones that are freaking out. Yeah. I happen to be also the ones that have the hardest time to go out to clean and do all of yeah. this to keep their house disinfected. So I'm like, hey, you get the service with me, you get a bi-weekly or a weekly service, and then you send me your grandparents' address and I'm gonna go and disinfect it. And I have hospital grade disinfectant, and mm-hmm. I send my kid, we go and just wipe everything down, kill all the germs around their house. So now they're like, holy cow, this company is great, but I'm just getting so many advantages. My house is clean. Yeah. They're picking it up with the price. They're still operating when most businesses are shutting down, but then they're also freaking taking care of somebody that is very special to me, which is my grandparents. Yeah. Right? So we're trying to make sure we do things in a way that it's appealing to us, that we get a financial gain, but then we're also giving like real value to people. Like I want to make sure people know that I know that all people are very vulnerable right now and I care for that. I want to help all people. Now, I don't know where all the old people live, so let me go and ask my customers where their old people live and I'll care for them. Yeah. The old people is caring for my customers. Yeah. Right? So... It's been really, it's, it's been really fun. I dude, I cannot tell you how many mistakes I've made and how much money it's cost me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun to, to figure out these little marketing strategies. There you go. Shoot. I'm really glad we had this conversation because now th- this is like, this is like super good. Cause I mean, the, the, I feel like where people struggle is if you work within a company trying to market yourself, but there's so many mm-hmm. people who do it right. Like, uh, off, off the top of my head, I could think of like uh, Dan, Danny Pessy, right? Um, Pessy Security, right? For the longest time, I thought he owned his own security yeah, company. Yeah, me too. I'm like, dude, where's your office? <laughs> like, where's your office? You're like, in Vivian. I'm like, what the heck? Are you kidding me? But you, but, yeah. but you can but you can brand yourself with, within the company. It's just being smart about it, right? It's just, you know, just taking the chance, like doing some research and seeing how you can do it, right? Um, it... it Anybody can do it, not just business owners, but like actual reps within a company. Like you, you can just market yourself as the bug guy or uh, the, the security. Marketing yourself, I think, uh, and this is just me going back to my door-to-door days. Mm-hmm. My door-to-door guys are amazing. They, they have so many capabilities. They have so many skills, but they have one thing that works against them. Mm-hmm. It's their drive and their ambition mm-hmm. causes them to a lot of times not be genuine. Okay. Right, because we're all we we've all been taught and we've all learned that you know if a customer, it's uh it's loud, you gotta get loud with them. If the customer yeah. is like a little bit more shy, then you speak a little bit more softly, right? So we accommodate to get what we need to get. Yeah, and I think when you're looking at a bigger perspective, let's use Danny Pessy as, as an example, right? Like Danny Pessy, uh, we can call him whatever we want to call him, but the guy has a very consistent way of being. The guy is just always the same. That's why he has become that. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for some of the sales reps to say, okay, uh, today I want to be marketed as, as the good guy. But then when the deals are not coming fast enough, then you're not a good guy anymore and you're just a freaking shark. 
So that, that just drains a lot of the energy that uh, ups and downs just does not allow you to fully market yourself. Yeah. Lanny Pace has been the same guy for the last 10 years. Yeah. Crazy guy out like you're very loud, funny, and like just kind of like pushing the limits, kind of coloring outside the lines a little bit. Yeah. But he's always been like that. But then deep inside, when you talk to him, he cares for his uh, customers. Oh, yeah. You know, two years ago, when he did that training at Door to Door Con on how to sell the elderly. Bro, I freaking, the, the, that summer I went out to sell in Kansas. I loved it. I saw so many old people. Mm-hmm. And I, he says, like, dude, I always treat them as if they were my grandparents. And I was like, dude, that's, that's, a, that's a way of marketing yourself. Dude, I care for your family. I care for you, right? So I think it's just, even within a company, you just need to decide to be that kind of person and it becomes your brand. That's a cool mm-hmm. thing about branding. That's who you are. Exactly. Think about like, uh, we were just uh, over messages talking about uh, Kyle Nielsen. Yeah. Kyle Nielsen is the most genuine guy I've ever met. Yeah. I never worked with him. Every year he hit me up. Hey, bro, we should go and grab some lunch. He never told me, come work with me. He yeah. was, hey, don't be friends. Let's be friends. And then when I left the door-to-door industry, I always wish I would have worked one summer with him. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I would love to be around that guy. Yeah. Right? So that, that's his brand. He's a nice guy. He's a cool guy. He's a helpful guy. He always greets you with a smile. Uh, he remembers your name. Yeah. He's interested, genuinely interested. Hey, how's your adventure going? How's your gig going? Hey, good to see you, man. Instead of being like, well, you don't want to sell for me? Okay, screw you, dude. I don't want to talk to you, which has happened a lot to me. But yeah, I, I think it, that's just what it comes down to. It's just the, the consistency. It's these guys just focus on the action rather than, than the results, right? Um, which is, I think, what you're doing really well. It's just focusing on the actions, focusing on the things that will keep the customers happy. Focus on the things that will keep the reps happy. Focus on the things that will keep your guys happy. If your guys are happy, they'll, they'll produce. Everything will be fine. Correct. Everything will be fine. I think, I think in, in a way, the, the industry has shied into a very result, like results, monetary results, I feel like it's as kind of clouded the industry and it's kind of made it a very shark-eat-shark shark, um, environment. And it, it doesn't last. Like these guys are like the big names are now not with, you know, the big companies anymore. They're either doing something else or they were exposed for a lot of crap that, that they did, you know, throughout the years. But the guys who have lasting success, it's the, the action, right? The action to keep your guys happy, the consistency of doing that. And then they're obviously super successful because they built something that's genuine, authentic, and it's long lasting. Like what you're doing as well, right? keeping your customers happy, giving them the best experience that they can, and then they'll do all the work for you. Correct. Yeah, so, and, and, and it's hard, though. Like, trust me, there's days where I... Um, yeah, I mean, by, by, by no means is it easy. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, I use top-notch products, right? Like, the cleaning products that I use, no other cleaning company in the country uses them because they're yeah. expensive, right? So, as a, as a business decision, it's not the most sound. Anybody, any CFO will tell me, bro, freaking go to a cheaper product. Yeah. Right? Anybody that is like money hungry will tell me, dude, you're spending like four times more on your product. Yeah. But then like, no, dude, like I would not want the cleaners to come and use crap product in my house. So I'm going to use the very best in people's house. Yeah. And what most people don't care about the products, like my customers, they care about the product a lot. Yeah. So one thing that I'm really excited is when they leave me, when something, you know, goes out and they have to part ways with me. They're going to miss that about me, that I use top quality product, that I send people in uniforms, mm-hmm. that I speak English, that I charge them with a credit card, mm-hmm. that, you know, with all this marketing, that they can text me, they can DM me. Like, I can communicate however they want to communicate. I can communicate with them. however they want, right? So, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's, sometimes it's tough. Like, right now, it's been six months. We, every day, I just see so much money coming in front of me, and I haven't taken a paycheck yet. And, and it's tough because I'm trying to still reinvest into creating yeah. those and, and getting my people to believe those same things. Yeah. Or just smart. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. I feel like, dude, we just got so much value on this last little part. I'm, I'm, yeah. excited <laughs> to, I'm, I'm, I'm way excited to, to edit this, this, this part into it. Yeah, but it's, dude, it's, I, I think we said it, dude, and it always goes back. Those uh, reps and managers and regionals and that have made a long lasting career we will all agree that those guys are just cool guys mm-hmm. guys that genuinely care for their people. And they're the ones that just, they leave a legacy, right? Like my friend Hector, dude, he always treated me like a little brother, dude. 
And I would have never endured nine years of door-to-door sales if it wasn't for my mentor, my leader, who freaking mm-hmm. cared for me. And, you know, there were times where he had to come and slap me around, but most of the time he was always very grateful. Hey, bro, thank you for working hard. You got this, man. Just that believe in me. Um, just changed the way everything worked. And, and I think the door-to-door industry lacks a lot of that right now. Yeah. It's true. You just need to... So everything has like an, an agenda behind it. It's like, all right, it'll be nice to you if you come sell for me. And then you're yeah. like, oh, I want to go sell with you. Like, all right, then screw it, bro. Don't waste my time. I was like, no, bro. Like, that's why I always like, Kyle Nielsen has always made a, a lasting impact in me because I never agreed to come sell with him. And yet mm-hmm. we're always really good friends. Yeah. No matter when I text him, he always replies my messages. Yeah. Uh, when I was leaving to go and like sell for the summer with my company, I will always get a long text from him. Hey, bro, freaking wish you the best. Go kill it. Work super hard. Wish you the best. You know, I have my baby and then he will send, like I posted on Instagram, he will send me a personal message. Hey, dude, congrats for the baby. Wishing you the best. Let me know if I can help. Yeah. You know, it's a guy that, he, that's who he is. So really, he doesn't have to put a lot of energy into branding himself because that's who he is and that has become his brand. Yeah. And, um, so I just think, you know, it's funny, dude. I, you're from uh, California, so I'm just going to bring this up. Kobe died. Yeah. Well, I, I grew up watching Kobe play in Mexico, right? Yeah. I grew up freaking throwing the uh, paper to the trash can and saying, Kobe. Yeah. So my whole life, I've always wanted, like, this is my dream, right? I'm like, oh, that'll be so cool to have a helicopter and just go wherever I need to go. And I don't have to go get in line. I've always loved helicopters. Yeah. So I didn't know that the guy had a helicopter, right? Mm -hmm. But in other words, my whole life, I thought about how cool would it be to have that? Only to remember that that guy is just like me. And I yeah. remember that happened. I'm like, holy cow, like I'm just tripping out about something like so unimportant. Right? Like just something that really makes no difference. Like if, it, if I make my money this year or next year, it really doesn't make a difference. Yeah. What it's about is the impact. Like the Kobe left an impact. People love the guy. Yeah. You know, a legacy of hard work, of like never quitting, of like just great attitude, loving his daughters. Like, I'm like, that's what I want. I don't want anybody to be like, oh yeah, the guy that owned the helicopter died. I want to be like, no, dude, the guy that was a freaking boss, dude. He died and we're going to miss him. Yeah. That's been a big like slap for me to be like, no, to focus on things that matter. Family, people, like your employees. Yeah. Now, dude, like I was, <laughs> it's funny because I had schedule with all the money we, uh, we generated revenue. I've been putting it back into the business. So my bank account is draining. I'm almost down to zero. Yeah. So I've been putting stuff on my credit card and I said, you know what? In March, I'm going to start paying myself. That's okay. I'll just take a little bit, pay for the house. Because and then this coronavirus hit, so yeah. I had to put some some of their people off, and it's it's been hitting us. So instead of uh, making money, what I did is uh, I grabbed the money that I was gonna make, and I'm just giving it to my employees so that they can survive. Yeah. And when I talk to other business owners, they're like, "Bro, you're so stupid. Why would you do that?" Mm-hmm. And it just hurts me so much when people tell me that I'm stupid for being good. Yeah. That makes me really mad. I'm like, dude, why do you tell me that I'm stupid? Because I want to be a good person. Yeah. Right? So I'm like, no, dude, I don't care. You can call me stupid all you want, dude, but I want to make my team are taken care of. Yeah. And that's like a very emotional thing for me because when things were rough for me, I wish somebody would have just, boy, yeah. Right? So that's been like a, a really cool thing for me to do in business that now I get to call the shots. Yeah. I pay where the money goes. I don't wait for people to tell me where the money goes. Yeah. And that's a really cool thing, though. Yeah, man. Emotional with that stuff. No, man. Hey, it, it's all good. I mean, I, I, I understand. I mean, because, I mean, I feel like we, we both come, I mean, we're, we're both from the same background, right? Obviously, a, a little different upbringing, but the emotions are basically there. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, that's freaking awesome, man. It's freaking awesome. You're, you're actually, you're, you're able to do that. Um, and, dude, I mean, it's just, it, it, it'll, it, it'll work out, dude. It'll work out. Because yeah, ultimately, okay. like, dude, life is so good that I have a home, I have food to eat. Yeah. I got friends. I, you know, I got internet. So the life is good. I got nothing to complain about. You got hand sanitizers, probably a stockpile of toilet paper. We're good, man. Life is good. <laughs> we started to run low on toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that, that, that whole thing was crap, man. Luckily, um, I actually, I, I always keep like a ton of toilet paper just because I, I hate having to buy it. And so when, so <laughs> it's funny because 
we're freaking out. And my wife is like, all right, do we, uh, I don't think we're very well prepared. If like poopoo hits the fan, I don't think we have enough food to like survive for a long time. So she's like making this list of like stuff that we need to buy and things that are not perishable that will last long. And she's like, we, this is a, you know, an eye opener that we're not prepared. So Shelby, my wife is like making lists of things that we need to have. And then me, there's me, I freaking went and I bought a, a freaking thing. <laughs> And then he's brought my jersey. I'm like, oh, we need this. <laughs> we need <laughs> this. I need this in the office. <laughs> so I was like, no, you have some issues. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't put this in my office. She's like, bro, we may all die. Why would you care to decorate your office? I'm like, I don't know. Just <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like it, it, it'll all blow over here pretty soon. I feel like yeah, it's just... I'm, I'm not even worried, but it's just funny, you know. No, yeah. I'm just super grateful and not even worried about money. And I think things will be all right. Yeah, we'll be good. Awesome. Well, I, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I feel like this 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 last little bit has been freaking super productive. Awesome, dude. Well, I'm glad that I I've always wanted to find a way to like voice those feelings. I'm a little bit uh, when it comes to like public speaking, like yeah, this, like I'm good at talking in public if I need to, but I'm really hard to like kind of get it started. Yeah, so I'm looking for ways to like okay, how can I share with others like what I've done after I learned from door to door, like just mm-hmm. kind of move. So I feel like there's so many people that are ready to go and fly on their own now. Yeah. Door to door. And they just need to hear that, dude, if that Mexican guy could do it, I can do it too. Yeah, exactly. One thing very interesting when I change from being a sales rep to being a business owner, my conversations now are very different. Yeah. I used to have this, like, watching my back all the time and Mm -hmm. then my guard up. Whenever I talked to another rep, he was like, oh, my my company's better and I sell more and I recruit more. And it was just almost a competition all the time. Yeah. But then when you go to like a business uh, owner level, like just the conversations are different. They're always like, bro, let me know how I can help. Oh, I can yeah. have a connection for you. And uh, oh, that's so good for you. That, oh, I'm proud of you. Let me like to help people who want to be successful. And it's just, it's incredible the amount of help and of mentorship and of, you know, pointers and connections that I've gotten in the last you know, six months versus like all the negativity and all of the fear and backstabbing that I got when I was a sales rep. Yeah. You know, so it's, I, I'm loving it though. So I hope some of their conversation can help somebody. And I don't know how you're going to market this, but if, if you want to uh, include my personal Instagram, yeah, there, yeah I will to, to reach out to me without any hesitation. I am more than happy to. Well, imagine, imagine this Mexicano dude knocking doors. I, every day was the, the funniest. Day, though, so. <laughs> So I'll tell you one that is probably one of my favorite though. I, um, when I started selling, I was in Austin, Texas and oh, I love Austin, Texas. That's the greatest city in America though. I love that place. So I, my first day, my buddy Hector, he's like, all right, you know, I shadow him for like four homes and then he's like, what do you think? And I'm like, wow, it looks, looks good though. I think I can do it. He's like, all right, dude, you go here to the left. I'll go to the right and I'll see you tonight. And that was like at 11 a.m. I'm like, holy cow, tonight? But yep, see you later, dude. And I had a flip phone, right? So I didn't even have a GPS or anything. I just, it's like, all right, cool, dude. So I go and start knocking. And probably, I had been knocking all day. And most of the doors were shut in my face. And I think it was like the last hour, this lady comes out. And I'm like, hey, I'm just here uh, doing pest control. And just bear in mind that this is a Mexicano guy, right? I, I, I had just learned how to speak English like the year before. And it was really rocky still. So the lady comes out and she's like, oh my gosh, thank goodness you're here. Do you take care of silverfish? And I was like, silverfish? And I was like, no, no, just the spiders and ants and the scorpions. And it's like, oh gosh, thank you. I have a lot of silverfish. And then in my mind, I'm like, why is this lady wanting to kill her fish? In my mind, there is goldfish. There must be also silverfish, right? So she's like talking about silverfish. And I'm like, this lady's weird. Why would she want to kill her fish? So then she's been super nice and she's like, hey, do you know, do you have a connection with somebody that will take care of the silverfish? And I was like, honestly, ma'am, I'm just new in the city. I just learned how to do pest control. Ask around and then I'll bring you a phone number of somebody that can kill your fish. And then she looked at me weird. She's like, okay, well, let me know. So then, you know, day ends. I didn't get a single sale. And I'm like a little sad. Then my friends roll up to pick me up. They're like, how was the day? And I'm like, it was great. Did I learn a lot? And I'm like, Austin is weird, though. The weird lady saying that she wanted to kill her fish. And then she was like, what? Like, yeah, she said that she had like a bunch of silverfish that she wanted to kill. 
So these guys are like, what? So then they explain to me that silverfish is actually a bug. It's not a fish. So I'm so embarrassed though. So I go and I think we were almost at the apartment. These guys turn around. So I show up to this old lady's house at like 10, 20 p.m. And I knock and I, hey man, I am so sorry. I don't really speak English. I thought you were talking about fish. But yeah, we actually take care of that. It's like, oh my, thank you so much. Anyway, first day I got my first sale. And it was, it was a funny story for me. <laughs> Because I didn't speak good English back then. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why does she want to kill her silverfish? I was like, what about the goldfish? Do you want to keep the goldfish alive? Like, I was just so, so confused, though. No, I have a lot of those. I think that's always very, very memorable. You know, oh, Austin is a beautiful place. I think, yeah, I think that's one of my favorite cities in America. Ooh, Cedar Park, though. I uh, think Cedar Park for, paid for my tuition back in uh, 2012, though. Yeah, we did a good job there. Yeah, it was it was a great area. Oh, sweet! Yeah, that's that's definitely a great great place. I like it a lot. Pluckers. I don't think I ever made it to Pluckers though. I was a very avid barbecue guy though. I think every weekend we go and try a different barbecue shack. I I love it. That's awesome. I love that. Wow, what a burger for sure. Yeah, and it's, and this is I don't even I'm not even judging it by the uh by the flavor. This is just a Texas Prime though. This is something fun against the Cali people though. But I, li I like them both. I have an In-N-Out really close to where I live. So we, I probably once a week I eat In-N-Out. I love it. But Whataburger is like my little prideful thing of like, yeah, we used to eat the, the guacamole burger there uh, when it were off in Austin. <laughs> that was my comfort food back in the day. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah. I'm in Texas, baby. I'm in Texas. I have a couple though. Um, there's one that I really like called Champion by Nelly. Have you heard it? I really like that one. Um, it's almost not so much like pump me up, but I listen to it and that's like my goal. I just want to, I just want to be a champion. You know, I want people to call me a champion. I want my, my family to be proud of me. I want my friends to be proud of me. It's just the people that I work with. And, and that is just the one thing that I know I'm not there yet, but it just makes me excited for the future to, to be that. Yeah, I think that'll be my little, my little pick me up there. No, that's awesome. Thank you. I am. Um, 
I think I feel very, very lucky to have fall, fallen into an industry that needed a person like me. I 100% believe that the cleaning industry needed a sales guy, a marketing guy, a branding, a person that loves the internet, uh, social media. I think an industry like cleaning needs uh, a thousand more of people like me, people that are innovators, people that are, are want to, are you know, have the desire to just make it better, not only for the customer, but the, uh, the employee, the pool of employees that are out there, they desperately need people that are innovators, people that are thinking outside the box. Uh, just like cleaning, I, I know there is a million industries that they need the abilities and the knowledge and the experience that we got through, you know, the, the hard times on the doors. Um, so I, I would love to see more of us in the door-to-door industry branching out and helping these other industries, bringing all of our, you know, savage and shark minds and, and, and desires for success and for growth and our ambition and our uh, you know, ability to work as a team and, and to be driven. I think a lot of industries throughout the country and throughout the world can definitely use some more of that. Um, I feel very lucky and very grateful that I was able to come and add some value. You know, it, it's interesting in the last six months, I made really good friends in the cleaning industry here in Phoenix, Arizona, and then in Nevada. And uh, it's interesting, you have these dogs that have been cleaning businesses and, and they have like multi-million dollar cleaning businesses in these cities uh, for like the last 25 years and they hit me up on a weekly basis asking me for ways how can they improve their sales. And I'm like, dude, I'm just this little kid that just started a cleaning business six months ago. Why are you calling me? And uh, when I asked him that, he's like, dude, you just have a very different way of seeing things. And I think the doors teach us to see things a little bit different. We have to get creative on the doors. We have to, to be ambitious. We have to want it hard enough to make it happen. Right. That's why not everybody can do door to door. That's why not everybody can be a business owner. Um, and, and I just love that transition from the challenges and the and how rewarding it is door to door, and then just being able to apply it to a different industry that desperately needs innovation and and just bring that that new blood and a new way of thinking um, into the business. So I will encourage you know everybody listening to please reach out to me if I can help in any way. I would love to you know, show you how I done things and what's worked for me. I would love to provide as much help and connections as I can, but also, you know, have the confidence that what you know how to do, knocking doors will definitely get you very far in life. So make sure you apply it every day and that you take it to an industry that has a need for it.